Welcome to the Intuitive Hour with psychic medium, author, and intuitive life coach, Michelle Beltran. The Intuitive Hour will empower you to learn how to magnify your intuitive voice. Listen in and expand your understanding of what it means to be psychic and how to awaken, amplify, and trust your inner voice. Thank you, everyone, for being with me here today. Welcome. This is the Intuitive Hour. Awaken your inner voice. All right. We're talking today all about remote viewing. What is it? How does the process begin? The goal and objective of remote viewing and much more. And at the end of the episode today, you'll learn 12 steps to remote view on your own. All right, so to begin, what exactly is remote viewing? Essentially, it's a psychic ability or modality which allows the viewer, the remote viewer, to mentally see objects hundreds or even thousands of miles away. It's an activity where the remote viewer tunes into that object or location or event inaccessible by normal means regardless of time, distance, or location. How does the process begin? Well, a remote viewer is assigned a project usually by law enforcement, a corporation, or a private person or organization who requests a viewer to look into some past or future event or to visit a location as it existed in the past or future. It's also used when someone wants to view or peek at something locked or hidden away. Once the remote viewer locates this object or location or event, he or she views it as if they were there, reports back what they've found in information and data and descriptors, reports that back to the individual who's hired them or contracted them. This can be something you can do professionally or on your own. The remote viewer does this by using a very structured process. You'll learn about that in our episode today, that process and the structure behind it. Remote Viewer incorporates written information, verbal statements, and even drawings as they access this information non-locally through their mind's eye and through their senses. And so, what are remote viewers actually looking for? Really good question. (laughs) Remote viewers often are asked, as we know, to see places or objects but they're often situated in unreachable locations. Sometimes a remote viewer might be assigned to locate a mineral of some kind underground. A remote viewer might be assigned to locate 
a specific person or area or object which may be on the other side of the globe. They might be asked to describe events in the past, such as the outcome of Amelia Earhart's last flight, for example, or look inside a sealed container or locked room. Essentially, a remote viewer could be looking for anything at all. The goal of remote viewing is to receive signals and messages from the subconscious mind with the help of our senses. And then, in turn, that reviewer will interpret and decode that information or data, we call it, to the viewer's conscious mind. So it's a flow from the matrix, so to speak. We can think of it as something like the Akashic Records. We call it the matrix. So there's a link from the matrix. Think of a funnel, if you will, down from the matrix to the subconscious mind into the conscious mind, using our senses to receive that information. So the signals, the signal line coming through this funnel are said to travel through the viewer's subconscious mind then into the conscious, where it is, the information is then deciphered into a form, verbally or materially, again, through our senses. This is then gathered and reported. The purging happens through a writing process on what we call a transcript. Psychics or individuals with this ability are expected to actually view or see things without previous information or assistance. This is commonly referred to as being blind to the target. All right, one very important thing for you to know about remote viewing. That is this. You need not be psychic to remote view. There's a big difference between psychic ability and remote viewing. A remote, viewer, a remote viewing ability is a trained skill and anyone can learn it. Okay, let's talk a little bit more about using your senses to remote view. A remote viewer relies on hearing the sounds surrounding this target location they're viewing and experiencing tastes or smells, textures that are vital or important as at this target location. Remote viewing also relies on a viewer's interpretive skills for effective analysis and a comprehensive reporting of what he or she has seen after. Once the viewer has mentally interpreted what he or she sees or observes, it's then conveyed, as mentioned earlier, onto a transcript. It's not unusual at all for a remote viewer to be very meticulously trained and have a more customized approach that only he or she uses for their session. Generally, there is a process or flow. 
It's not uncommon also for a viewer during a session. Again, thinking of senses that we're using here. It's not uncommon for a viewer to lick the air or sniff the air as if they're actually trying to get a taste or a smell of that location right where they're at. As a viewer, you might even put your pen down and touch the air in an effort to connect subconsciously with the essence of what the target can feel like, smell like, or taste like. This is using senses in a heightened subconscious sort of way. The viewer acts as if they are at the target location and receives through their senses subconsciously. Okay, so remote viewing, I want to make very clear, is not astral travel. It's not out-of-body experience as we ordinarily know it. In fact, in her book, Harper's Encyclopedia of Mystical Paranormal Experience, Rosemary Gilley, an American researcher, some of you may have heard of, also a writer on topics related to spirituality and the paranormal, describes remote viewing as seeing remote or hidden objects clairvoyantly with the inner eye. She even mentions it's through out-of-body travel. However, it's not in the strictest sense, and one does not need to travel out of your body as in the strictest sense of astral travel as we know it to learn the skill of remote viewing. Anyone can learn this skill, and just simply adhering to the structured process typically does lead to very successful results. Okay, let's talk about mental noise, left brain mind chatter. In the remote viewing world, we call this analytical overlay. So remote viewing, like all psychic abilities and modalities, requires a person, the viewer, to limit any mental noise. Again, we call this analytical overlay. We don't want any mental noise or mind chatter or left brain uh, influence to interfere with the process of remote viewing. This requirement is the utmost of importance to a remote viewer. It's critical because mind chatter, also known as or described as thoughts, worldly concerns, distractions, worries. That mind chatter seeps into the viewer's conscious mind and will prevent correct and authentic information from being received. The process of remote viewing involves training the viewer to deal with and control the pollution and illegitimate imaginations 
often experienced in any intuitive process. It is most certainly a viewer's inability to control mind noise that prevents clear, undamaged extraction of data and and information. Remote viewing is not a psychic ability that stands alone, unaided or disconnected from other psychic abilities. It is a skill separate from clairvoyance and telepathy, but needs the help of your senses. As we know, sight, sound, taste, touch, smell. In order to reach its full potential, these senses must come alive and be used. All right, how is remote viewing used? What do we use it for? Well, it's been used for locating missing people or objects. You can use remote viewing to look into your past or future. Remote viewing is used in law enforcement cases, in mining, locating unique minerals or where water may be or oil may be. It's used in accessing information about any person, place, or thing. Viewing inside inaccessible objects, as we've mentioned earlier today, like safes or locked rooms. Remote viewing is also used to visit locations in the past. Remember, it's irrelevant of time or location. So you can go to the past, you can go to the future. Distance matters not. A person can essentially see and record any event in the past, present, or future, accessing information about any person, place, or thing. All right, let's begin the steps to remote viewing. Twelve steps. We'll start with a monitor. A monitor you can think of as your remote viewing assistant. We call this, though, a monitor in the remote viewing world. This will be necessary. Find a trusted friend. The most important aspect about your trusted friend or monitor is that they have a clear intention for your successful viewing of the target. It's important for them to be on board and have that same intention that you do for accessing that target location as they assign this target to you. Number two, create a target pool. Essentially, a target pool is a series of interesting images. Choose five interesting images. This target pool, though, will be created by your monitor, not you you will have no information about it. So as your monitor chooses five interesting images, preferably they're very unique. This is important because it will make it easier to assess and evaluate the often somewhat partial results produced by a beginning remote viewing session. 
The monitor may select a real-world image of a person, place, object, structure, or event. The images should be simplistic in nature, yet engaging to the viewer to the extent that it piques their interest and, and or grabs their attention on a subconscious level. If you have a fear of something that's disturbing or offensive, this would not be an image that your monitor would want to select. All right, number three, seal those images in an envelope. Your monitor should seal each image individually in an envelope and then place a random number on each envelope. You might use a random number generator for this. This random number is called your coordinate. It is the key to accessing the target with your subconscious mind. You will tune into that number as the link to the target. And naturally, you will have no information about these targets that your monitor has selected and put in the envelopes. All right, step four, your cool down. This is the time to quiet your mind. Make an agreement with your left brain that you'll come back to all the to-dos of the day after you are complete with your remote viewing session. Ask all thought, mind chatter, concerns, distractions, and even the ego's need to get the target exactly right to leave now. Please be mindful that the most successful remote viewers have this skill of quieting their mind perfected. Above all else, achieve this space in your cooldown of equanimity and a clutter-free mind before you begin. All right, step five, beginning your session. You'll want to choose any one of the envelopes from the target pool. Have a small stack of blank white paper in front of you. Just any kind of printer paper you might put in your printer, just white paper. And a black ink pen. You want to be sitting at a desk or a table in a quiet, comfortable, well-lit space. Next, in the upper right corner of your paper, write your name. Write your full name, underneath it, the date, underneath that, the time. Next, say out loud, as you write it down, the coordinate and target number of the envelope you selected that is, of course, sitting right nearby you as you're performing your remote viewing session. Saying this out loud, we call this objectifying data in the remote viewing world. 
Essentially, it is, think of it as embedding more firmly in the universal DNA and your subconscious mind, your intention as you do your session. Anything we say out loud, we might feel a little silly at first, but when we say it out loud, there's a more meaning or intention to support it. This takes some practice to speak out loud your entire session. So for this first one, I'm just asking you to state the coordinate out loud. If you can, absolutely. Everything you write out during your session, also say it out loud. All right, step six. Relax and perceive. Notice I said perceive. This means let the information come to you. Perceive or receive. Don't try to make it come. Just let it come to you. Using your senses of sight, sound, taste, touch, and smell, as we've mentioned today already, Perceive the impressions that come to you, whatever that is. At first, these small bits of perception might feel fragmented. They might seem silly. They may make no sense at all. That is perfectly fine. Write it down and say it out loud as you do so. Continue to describe the impressions you have of the first target site you're working on. Do you notice subtle smells or tastes? Is there a sense it's a structure where you're at, this target location? Is there a sense it's an event or a person? Is there water here? What sounds do you hear? Chirping? Wind blowing? Cracking sounds? High-pitched sounds? Set your pen down and touch the air out in front of you. Do you feel something smooth or furry? Warm or rough? Feel the temperature around you. Is it cold or hot? What's the weather like? If you look up, what do you see? If you gaze below your feet, do you feel or see anything? Is the ground muddy? Are you standing in water? You might perceive sizes, shapes, or patterns. We call these dimensionals. Write them down. Do you notice an emotional reaction to this target 
that you're tuning into through your coordinate number. Yes, indeed, the target can inspire emotions like joy or excitement within you. If you feel this, be sure to write it down and all descriptors or bits of information, as inconsequential or silly as they may seem, or perhaps you don't understand them, that's okay, write them down. Don't judge or second-guess the information. Just observe, perceive, and purge all impressions out on that paper, writing it out, saying it out loud. It is safe to do so. Remember, the target will rarely be what you think. Thinking is the mind, the brain at work. We are in the subconscious beyond that. Thinking is ego. The target will be what naturally comes to you with ease and presents itself to you. All right, step seven. Sketching the target. This is the space where you will draw what impressions come to you. Don't be concerned with what your sketch looks like. This is not an art contest. Your sketch might seem meaningless or silly or very simple. That makes, again, no sense to you. Draw it anyway. Do you have a sense of a triangle shape? Something round or oval? Impressions of a flower and how that might look? Whatever comes to you, draw it. Upon feedback, you'll be pleasantly surprised that your sketches are a rather accurate rendition of the target. Number eight, movement and motion techniques. All right, here's where we're going to gain a what I like to call bird's eye view of the target. Ask your subconscious to travel or float about a hundred feet or so over the target location. As you do this, what do you see from here? This is an interesting new perspective. Lots of data and information and impressions will come in a different way now. Does anything stand out or surprise you about the target? Write this down. You may choose to float even higher to gain more impressions from each new higher perspective. It's up to you. The idea is to get an, a new fresh outlook 
bird's eye view from afar. All right, number nine, we're ending the session about now. As you feel complete with your session, again, say out loud, end, and also write it down. Just as you did with the coordinate, hopefully you feel comfortable enough to verbally say out loud your entire session. If not, for now, the most important things are the coordinate and the end point. After you've written end and said it out loud, jot down the time. Your session is now complete. One way to know you are complete and the session is ready to end is that impressions no longer flow to you effortlessly. Further, if you have a sense you're searching or looking for more or waiting for more, it's time to come to an end. A session can last 10 minutes. It can last two hours. At these beginning stages, I would encourage you to stay around 10 to 20 minutes. Stay in that window of perceiving and receiving. Number 10, your summary. As we close here, this remote viewing session, you want to write just a brief summary about what you perceived. This is not a time to bring in new information. In fact, you might go through each of your pages that you've written this information and pull out or extract the most important perceptions and bits of information that stood out to you the most and summarize them. Again, you're not adding anything new. You're just reviewing everything you've written and summarizing those aspects that stand out most. All right, number 11, your feedback. Here's the opportunity to open that envelope and look at the image and see how you did. Take your time to really look at the sketches and dimensionals and colors and sensory information you perceived as you compare it to the image. I would also recommend to make those comparisons, set down your remote viewing session and come back to it the next day and review it again for comparisons. It's very common, the subsequent review, to see realizations and positive comparisons and connection you had to the target you didn't see the first time. you may be delightfully surprised at the outcome. Make note of all the things that were correct on your transcript. All right, the final step here, step 12 of remote viewing, this remote viewing process, stay consistent and repeat this work. You've got a number now, a number of images in an envelope with coordinates on them. Continue to go through these steps again 
staying consistent and repeating this process. The main point of remote viewing is to learn about yourself, remember. This is not just about being accurate or being psychic or nailing the target. Yes, that's great and that's fun. This is about remote viewing is an ability that cultivates and it's about self-actualization. Your continued practice and your consistency matters. All right. In closing, I just want to summarize it's so very important to let go of being right. The need to be right is pure ego. It's also so very important to have fun in this process. This unconscious data is coming from your mind and autonomic nervous system. So remember that your unconscious is ever-present and aware of all that is, all that ever was, and all that ever will be. Your subconscious knows what that target location is. It merely needs to now link with that target location. Trust that your subconscious has got this and let that process happen. It's a very subtle process, but it has a life force all its own. It does not need the help of your ego. It only needs your subconscious self to be set free. Even the very best remote viewers may not connect with the target location from time to time. So if you didn't connect with anything in the photo or the image that you're using, it's normal and it's okay. As we talked about in step 12, stay consistent and repeat and keep going. Move to your next envelope and coordinate. Again, the most important aspect of remote viewing is self-actualization. To learn about you and your mind and your subconscious mind. It's not solely about being accurate. Remote viewing is an ability you cultivate and it grows stronger and stronger over time with your intention, practice, and consistency. All right, everyone, a wonderful episode on remote viewing I'd like to now bring to a close. If any of you have interest, you might consider my beginning controlled remote viewing course. It's available at michellebeltran.com. Also, as we come to a close, I want to invite you, if you have any questions or comments or suggestions on episodes, please reach out at mbeltran at michellebeltran.com or give us a call 800-607-1770. All right, with that, everyone, we are complete. Once again, thank you for joining me today. I look forward to our next episode here on the Intuitive Hour. 
Thanks for listening to The Intuitive Hour with Michelle Beltran. If you like what you heard, please share our podcast with a friend and be sure to visit michellebeltran.com to get Michelle's popular Develop Your Clairvoyance ebook.